Welcome to the Brunt's Bugle, a podcast focusing on the trials and tribulations of Carl United Football Club. From David Reeves to Jack Round and Danny Livesey to David Lee, we've got it covered. This is episode 29. Today we're going to be reviewing the 1-0 loss at Forest Green, United's first defeat in five games. Previewing the fi- first two fixtures of the busy Christmas period against Bolton, Wanderers and Harrogate Town. And looking at what ex-United players have been getting up to with a little bit of news thrown in as well. Uh, as usual, I'm joined by a co-host since episode and today it's Dan. Dan, how's it going, mate? Yeah, not bad. Uh, just about ready for Christmas. Uh, happy that somehow Carlisle stayed in Tier 2 today. Yeah, I think we were all sort of anticipating there was going to be a change then. I thought it was going to be typical. I'm going to be sat in Tier 2 in Liverpool, but Carlisle's <laughs> going to be Tier 4. So yeah, I mean, it was yeah. it Robert Peston from ITN actually tweeted that it looked like Cumbria was going to go into, and yeah. it just never happened. So. Yeah, bit of a surprise that one, yeah. Yeah, but yeah I'm guessing you can get the link with the players there, can you? Uh, well, it's not Harrogate, is it? <laughs> there was a few from Harrogate. There wasn't enough to do the yeah, thing, yeah. but there was a few. But yeah, obviously it's Bolton's the link. Um, some more obvious ones. Obviously David Reeves, everyone knows him, former uh, record signing. Um, Danny Livesey, one of, I think he's our, is it third highest? Something like that? Oh no, he's, he's in the top 10, isn't he? Appearance makers yeah, yeah. for the clubs in the club's history. Um, David Lee had a short spell with us. Start of the 2000, 2001 season, I think it was. under was a bit used, wasn't he? He looked quality when he came on in games, yeah. didn't he? Really good player. Now, Jack Round's an interesting one. You won't recognise that name probably, Dan. Jack Round uh, played for us in the 1930s. Now, uh, he started his career at Bolton, but he also played at Port Vale and then came to Cali United. He holds a quite an unusual sort of unique distinction. It's almost unique. There's one other person who holds this. It's not even holds it, really. But he's one of only two players who've died while they were playing for Carly Knight. Not obviously on the pitch, but as in, as in that would grim, wouldn't it? Yeah. But no, they, they, they were still playing for the club when they died. And right. It, it's an interesting story. Maybe do a bit more in-depth on another podcast, this one. It, it sounds a bit grim, but it, it is quite fascinating because his death was the result of, I think it was appendicitis and he, from an injury picked up in a FA Cup game against Stockport County. And he was out for a month and some of the players actually gave their blood in blood transfusions to help him, but he died on New Year's Eve. And Carlisle played on New Year's Day. <laughs> and there was like a minute's silence to play Abide With Me and all kinds of stuff. And it was on the front page of the Daily Mirror. <laughs> That's how big it was at the time. Yeah. So quite an interesting story, that one. We'll, we'll, we'll look a bit more in-depth into that. And maybe we'll do like a... We're going to do some specials out at some point. <laughs> yeah, where eventually. We're, where we're going to do little interesting stories like that. Pro- pro- probably when the next lockdown comes and there's no football, we'll get some done. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine it'll be then probably, yeah. Um, all right, then let's get straight into the news then, Dan. So... Uh, just one bit of news today, isn't it, really? And that's um, the reserve game at Rochdale this week. Um, so it was a brace for trialist Scott as the reserves run right at Rochdale. Um, so United finally managed to play a reserve fixture this week after the postponement of last week's fixture against Fleetwood. Um, they managed to do it because they switched their central cup tie against Rochdale to Spotland 
uh, rather than playing at Penrith because I think Penrith's got some issues at the moment in terms of water logging. Yeah, there's been a lot of water around Penrith. Yeah, so. yeah. So they moved it down. It was it proved a smart move, didn't it? Really, because um, they they ran out five 0 winnings against Dale. Um, so obviously you mentioned trialist Chedron Scott last week, didn't we? Mm. Um, did his chances no harm of earning a contract? Did he really? A couple no, of goals. Uh, scored a couple of goals. Had a couple of other decent chances and uh, looked lively, didn't he? He did. He certainly looked worth a go to the end of the season, didn't he? Absolutely. And I mean, it's interesting. We watched back the highlights. You picked out um, Mick Obiera, didn't you? You were quite impressed with the way. I mean, it's only yeah, a few I mean, highlights, but he looked lively. You, you can't you can't sort of judge the uh, the quality of the Rochdale team because we don't know too much about them. But certainly uh, Obiero showed, showed quite a bit and uh, seemed to be enjoying himself down the right-hand side. Uh, mm. Yeah, he I think quite lively. I think of the loan signings who are left. I think he's probably the one who's probably got the best chance of staying a bit longer. But I'm still not convinced he will, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, interesting as well that um, Taylor Charters was captain for this game, wasn't he? Yeah, because um, interesting there's, there's been some talk that he might be heading out on loan and stuff like that recently, hasn't there? Whereas yeah. um, he played pretty well, got a couple of goals, didn't he? And when you think quite the well. likes of McDonald and Furman were playing, you know, it's uh, it's well, it's interesting because. Uh, Beach made a point, didn't he, in one of his interviews in the last week about the fact that both Dixon and Charles said to him, don't sign a midfielder. We're ready to step in when we want. And you almost wonder, is that Beach maybe saying to Charters and to Dixon, saying, right, go and show me then that you are yeah, capable yeah. of stepping up. And I mean, Charters couldn't do much more. Captain in the team, I think scoring two goals, looked pretty lively from all the highlights we saw. And yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I'd, I'd much rather see him on the bench than a Conor Malley, wouldn't you? Come on, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's 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 good to have the, the odd lone player, but you know we haven't had much luck with them this year. You know, Dewhurst's just sort of warmed the bench mainly. Uh, Mali got injured. Walker got injured. Obiero's had bits and pieces. You know, it's mm. Coyote's the only one who's been consistent. Coyote's the only one. He's sort of he's a step ahead of them, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. He is indeed. Um, interesting to all see that first year YTS Sam Fishburne continued his good scoring streak and got a goal for the reserves in this game too. He looks a big lad as well. Doesn't he does, he? doesn't he? He looks. He, he doesn't look like a first year YTS. There's, there's shades of a Medina something about him, isn't there? You know, he yeah. just he looks ready already. You know, I mean, yeah. as we were saying, it wouldn't be a surprise if someone like Fishburne. He, he's obviously, you know, his beach is well aware of him already. If he got similar to uh, Lewis Bell got this season, then uh, yeah, I you know, it might be a finish your second year YTS and you've got a guaranteed year with option, you know. Yeah, yeah, you'd think so. He, he looks like he's he's potentially ready to make the step up, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's um, the reserve game covered. So let's get straight onto the match review for the Forest uh, Green Rovers game because we've got a lot to fit in in this episode, haven't yeah. we? So we might as well get straight into it. Um, so Forest Green Rovers won, Cal United nil. Uh, United missed out on chance to go into Christmas top of the league uh, as they suffered a narrow defeat to fellow promotion contenders Forest Green Rovers at the weekend. Uh, it always looked like this was going to be probably the toughest test that we'd face this month. I mean, everyone might look at Bolton and think that, but it, this did look like the most difficult game, didn't it? And it sort of proved that, I suppose, with the way it was. It was a very closely matched game against two sides battling out. And at the end of the day, scrappy goal is the one that's won it, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think Beach said that uh, he said in his post match at half at half time he said to them, you know, this is the sort of game that's one sort of scrappy goal could win it. Let's go and get it. 
unfortunately it was Forrest Green who got it. It's a bit, um, of, a bit of a surprise, wasn't it, that the player probably made the mistake, really. If it was Reese Benny, he just got a bit too tight on Matt, and he allowed him to turn yeah, and just I mean, bundle in. Looking at the stats, we still had plenty of shots, you know. I mean, only a couple of them were on target, but we still created 13, you know, half a dozen corners. We, we just... It was one of those that I've mentioned before, and we both have, and Alessandra had a quiet game. Yeah. And when Lewis Alessandra has a quiet game... We tend to attacking wise. Yeah, well, we'll get onto that in a minute because I think because we'll, we want to discuss about the change that was made to the team with Mellish's absence. But um, so yeah, basically the result saw Rovers leapfrog us. They've gone up into um, second place, but we're still in the top three going into the Boxing Day fixtures uh, on thirty-five points in third place from nineteen games. Uh, league leaders Newport slipped up, didn't they? <laughs> Frustrating, that not it? They slip up against Oldham, and we didn't take advantage. So they lost four two at home to Oldham. Um, Cheltenham, I mean, they blew a big chance as well to push us back into the playoff places by losing three 0 at managerless Barrow. I mean, that was just a result no one saw coming. Really, wasn't it? It was a bizarre one. That that, that was your typical the manager's gone. Let's put on a performance, wasn't it? <laughs> there must be infuriating that. Just just before we started recording. Uh, Barrow announced that Michael Jolly will be their new manager. That's an interesting appointment, that isn't it? It's I don't know what the standard of applicant they had for the job, but is he the man who's going to drag I've you out of trouble? Been speaking to someone down there, and I'm led to believe there was some very good names in the mix. So whether it's come down to finance, Michael Jolly would probably be cheaper than. Some just, of the names that appeared in the list. Someone mentioned to me that sometimes what you have a problem is when there's more than one manager job available and one of those jobs is better than the other, the better managers might play the smaller club off to try yeah, and convince yeah. the bigger club to take them on. They might they might hint to Bradford, well, Barrow potentially offer me a deal here and then Barrow, sort of, you know, Bradford panic and be yeah, yeah. And then maybe they're not that interested. It's a difficult one, but it, 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 it doesn't... Put it this way... If it was in our position and we appointed Jolly, I'm not sure I'd be particularly impressed, if I'm no. honest. I know, I know, obviously, people weren't overly enamoured when Beach got the job last year, but Beach at least had you know, years of experience coaching at our level as well, and you, you, you had an idea what you were getting there. Um, okay, well, let, let's get straight into the um, some of the talking points. Not too many about the actual game itself, really. I'll be honest with you, I didn't really see much of it, because I was, I was out being Santa Claus. I was dropping off all the presents to... Uh, friends and relatives on Saturday, so I didn't really catch much of the game. I hope you were socially distant while doing so. I, I was, I was indeed, yeah. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I was just basically dro- dropping them off on doorsteps. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially chucking, take, chucking take, presents like, like an Amazon driver. On, taking a photo and sending to them yeah. on WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah that, exactly that. Um, yeah, so not a huge amount to pick up from this. It, it, it's strange because there's a few chances in there, but it, it was quite a tight game as we mentioned. Was physicality a big issue in this game, maybe? Because it's, it's something, obviously, that you know we are well known for this season, being a, a physical, strong side. And and there were some who probably felt Mellish hadn't been contributing enough in recent games, but an arrest that might do him good. But I think that was probably the one thing notable, so, noticeable sorry, from this game that was missing was Mellish in midfield, I think. What do you well, think? I, think, I think when we all saw the team, we were like, ooh, that looks attacking. Yeah. You know, that, that was the first sort of, hmm... You know, yeah. was it was it more a four two three one? We were all thinking. I think it probably was. I mean, the problem with that is, obviously, you, you pull Riley back a bit further, 
you also drop Alessandro a bit deeper and I think he's been yeah. so much better as the centre forward recently and yeah, yeah. he's made his tick and it, it, it's harsh on Torre but because he, he looked like he had a decent game and was probably unlucky not to score a couple of goals. I mean, he had one disallowed for no reason. It was a ridiculous decision. I don't know what the, the officials were thinking there. And he had a couple more where the keepers make some really smart saves. Or he put one just wide, didn't he, I think, late on. But to be honest, he's going to be dropped probably for the Boxing Day game because you just bring Mellish back in, don't you, and go back to your t- tried and tested, really. That, that's that's the way I look at it anyway. Should he maybe put Thurman in there? I said before match that I would have picked Furman for it, anticipating a tough game. And people were like, well, he's a bit too similar to Guy, but I would rather have played Furman and Guy and pushed Riley forward a little bit. Yeah, and then you then you got Alessandro as your focal point, holding yeah, the ball up and yeah. playing off him. And we maybe missed that a little bit. I think we probably miss, did miss Melis just bundling about on midfield and <laughs> causing a bit of chaos really it was a bit yeah. they're a very good technical team for us green you can see that you can see why they do so well we didn't really have enough in there roughing them up i don't think maybe but it's one that we, we were a million miles away it's not like we i, I just oh, think no, that would no. i think it would have made that little bit of difference having mellish in the team i think for this game mm. um so yeah i think we're sort of in agreement there that i think actually mellish was missed and I think maybe people are starting to see the attributes he brings to the team, not just his goals, but he's also just a, a real presence in there. That, that He does make a difference. Uh, okay, well, let's move on to the next one. So, I mean, there's a couple of questions here that have been asked by uh, Ross Parkinson on Be Just and Fino. In fact, people have been asking these ones actually for a while, so that's just the person I spotted who even put it up, so that's the reason why I mentioned him. First up, um, in fact, first up, let's start with this one. So, the Coyote returns. So, I mean, there's... It sounds like there's... We, a few weeks ago, were thinking that nah, Coyote's probably not going to go back. I think they'll drive Ravamir and, you know, learning his trade and playing regularly. But there's some whispers now, isn't there, that Paul Warren is potentially looking at bringing him back to Rotherham to actually use yeah, him for them. If, if you search his name on Twitter, there's a, a couple of... Uh, there was, I think there was one article by a Rotherham fan who does sort of similar stuff to us. And then... Coyote was actually interviewed by the Rotherham paper. Yeah. And, uh, he retweeted it today. And uh, it's just it's shades of a Jenny Yates scenario coming, isn't it? Yeah, there is. It's, it's, it's frustrating, isn't it? But it, it's, it's one of those things. He's, he's not been quite as spectacular in terms of goals that Yates was towards the end of his spell of us. But his all-round game's just been excellent, I think, in recent yeah, weeks. Yeah. He's really has started to step up and he looks like a real player and he's shown he's adaptable, he can play out wide, he can play down the middle. Do you think we'll... Uh, do you think we'd miss him quite badly if he went? I think we'd miss him. I think it'd be difficult to replace to get a player yeah. who's, who's ready, come in, ready to come in. You might end up with a player like the Coyote that you got in January. Yeah. He was still looking a bit raw and still not quite Hundred percent there yet? Or if he does go back, do we see Patrick switch to the right, and hopefully Brennan Dickinson return? Possibly, or you can have Toure down down the left, yep. can't you? And put Alessandro yep. down the middle. So there are options there. It's, yep. it's, it's yep. not the end of the world. We've got Ethan Walker to come back as well. Yep. It, it's not the end of the world. But I, I think obviously, if he went back, I think you'd definitely be looking to get another striker. In I think obviously depending on whether they decide to sign Chedwin Scott or not. But I think. Scott is a different sort of player. He's a more like a Gavin Riley, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. those two be competing for one place, which 
would be wrath on luck for Gavin Riley. Just doesn't, just hasn't really fallen for him. It yet, has just it? hasn't fallen. I mean, I, I, I make no secret of I, I rate him as a player, but currently the way we set up doesn't doesn't, doesn't suit his game, it, does it? Doesn't lend it to no. his game, does it? No, no, it just doesn't suit his game. Um, yeah, I think we're sort of both in agreement. It, it, it will be tough if Coyote goes back, but it's not like a couple of years ago when Yates went back. I think we're in a much better position to just deal with it and other players can slot in and we can potentially look at getting another loan player and I think one, we're a lot better placed. Th- one thing which may go in our favour is you don't know what the finances are at other clubs and if Rotherham do decide to let him stay, you know, we're going to be pretty safe in the fact that we'll be able to pay pay for him, you know. Yeah. Well, the suggestion seems to be that he's going to he'd go back to feature on the bench for them potentially they've been that impressive which is, so. which is exactly what Yates did he, he had I remember Yates Rotherham had two or three injuries up front mm. and Yates had uh, two or three games for them didn't he yeah he did it would have been it would just be such law if that happened really wouldn't it because uh, just, just one of those things but like mm. I said I, I agree I think we're a bit better place this year to, to deal with it than we have been in previous years I think the squad that Beach has put together you you lose one part of it, you don't. It doesn't completely collapse, does it? In front of your eyes, it's. I think we're a lot better place in terms of that. Um, okay, well, let's move on to the next one that uh, Ross asked actually, and it's uh, it's about the contract situation. We said we were going to discuss it, so we'll, we'll maybe just quickly go through this one, Dan. So, in terms of players who are out of contract in the summer, who do you think is probably the most urgent that we need to get tied down now? Uh, I'm trying to think back to who's on one years with. Uh... <laughs> Have you got a list? Yeah, I've got a list up here, Dan. I mean, and the obvious one that first stands out is Reese Bennett. <laughs> now, transfer mark seems to suggest that his contract is up on 31st of January, which gives us a little bit more breathing room than we probably thought we had. I'm not sure how correct that is, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, I mean, that one just needs to be sorted, doesn't it? <laughs> Basically, just, yeah. just just lock him in a cupboard and for ages. As, you have to. As, as we said previously, you know, I mean, we've been the one to give him his chance again, you know, it, even if he just says, I'll sign to the summer and maybe try and get a promotion on my CV. Yeah. It's interesting that, um, according to Transfermarkt, um, Reese Bennett has the same agents as Josh Coyote and Rod McDonald. Now, I don't know how accurate that is, but it seems to be. So that's interesting, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of the ones whose contracts are up, so Dean Furman, his contract's up in the summer. I think that one you just got to wait on, really, because yeah, he's yeah. not getting game time. There's no point in tying down longer than you have to. Uh, Luis Alessandra, I, I think I'd look to start talking already. I think, and I know, yeah. I think he's got an option in there. I think so. Potentially, just tr- if you can trigger that, just tie him down. He, he, he's a player you can easily play at the level above with the quality he has on the ball. I think. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and, he's, and even if he, he's not playing regularly at the level above, he's a good squad player, isn't he? Yeah, you know, you know that. Paul Farman, I think I'd probably one of those ones of his age. Maybe you're not in as much of a rush. Keep keepers play a bit longer though, don't they? So. True, true. So maybe you sort that out soon. Uh, I mean, Gavin Riley. I mean, that you've just got to wait on that one. I think to see what yeah, happens second yeah. half of the season. Colum Guy, that, I think that's it's no brainer. No brainer. Just get it done. Yeah. like like Bennett. Get it done. Although I, I think he might have an option possibly in there. So yeah, and I, I know when all these were announced, uh, Holdsworth always mentions that the options are in our favour. Yeah, um, Nick Anderson. Um, I, I, I like him, but I think I'd, I, I'd be happy to maybe wait on that one. I don't know if there's an option again. 
think there is. I'm not 100% yeah, I've, uh, I think he was 18 months with option, wasn't he? Same yeah. as Guy. Now, Aaron Hayden's down here has been one. I'm, I thought Aaron Hayden signed a new deal not that long ago, but I'm not 100% on that one. I'm going to double check on that. Um, well, in fact, he signed a new contract that keeps him there till the summer of 2021. I'm guessing there must be an option in there as well. Yeah, I think. yeah. Let's have a look at the rest. So, Joe Riley. Yeah, he'll probably wait for now, I think, but he's, he's, he's done pretty well, so he's, he's got an option again, hasn't he? That's the thing. This is the thing. They've all got options, and if there's options there, you can afford to be patient because you just trigger it when, you, when you're happy. Or if you think they've done really well and you want to reward them, you give them a better deal with another option in it. Amari Patrick, I think I'd like to get him tied down longer. I think he's looked really good this season. I yeah, think he's, yeah. he's worth a longer deal. It still baffles me that Bradford fans didn't rate him at all, really. Yeah. The more you see of him. John Mellie. Uh, John Mellie's down here. Isn't, I'm sure he signed a new contract, didn't he? Not that long yeah, ago. So yeah, that's not did. right. Yeah. Jack Armour. Still too early, I think, with that one. Gimme Tory, I probably would have said a while back, but phew, at the moment, I'm not, not yeah, I think Mellie, I'd better wait and Me- see. Going back to Mellish, uh, summer 2022, and I have a feeling there's, there's an option on there's that. There's definitely an option. Well. I remember yeah. that. So, yeah, we're, we're fine with John Mellish. Give me Toure, I said I, I think I'd wait for a bit at the moment. I think if you'd asked me a few weeks into the season, I might have been saying get him tied down, but he's got to find that consistency, hasn't he? He's got yeah, to get a yeah. goal, really, hasn't he? That's the thing. It's, it's ever since you haven't seen him in Asda anymore that he seems to have gone wrong for him. Well, this it? is it, you know, so on the off chance you're listening, Gimme, I'll meet you uh, in the cheese aisle. <laughs> uh, Max Hunt. Um, I think you can wait on that one, Kai. I, I, I wouldn't be yes. surprised if you end up... The way it's going, he probably end up going just, in the season if, at this rate. If Bennett stays, it wouldn't be a surprise if Hunt possibly went on loan. Yeah, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Because he needs game time. Yeah. Um, looking down, the rest of the ones who are out of contract this season are all the young lads, basically. So you've got yeah. Tom Wilson, Arms, Jamie Armstrong, uh, Charlie Birch, um, Charlie, Charlie Barnes, Barnes, and Liam Lightfoot. And Liam Lightfoot. Those five. It's just a wait and see with that, isn't it, really, yeah, I think? Yeah. I mean, they have been playing for Kendall when Kendall have been able yeah, to play. They missed the game the other night, though, because they played they, in the They missed the game, game last night because they played in the reserve game for Carlisle. So. Yeah, yeah, it really makes more sense to use them and that, doesn't it, I think, to be yeah. honest. But, um, and then, other than that, there's Taylor Charters and Josh Dixon. Um, again, it's just a wait and see sort of thing, isn't it? But... I think I think I'd, I'd like to see them both tie down on longer deals because yeah, yeah. I mean they've shown that they're a step above the other young lads at the moment. So yeah, I think going back through it, I think the only ones we would say is Bennett, Guy, and Furman. Uh, sorry, and Hayden. Really, the three that I would be prioritising, and probably that's, Alessandra. That's, that's that's almost the spine of a team, isn't it? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Really, if, so. if you chuck if you chucked Farman in there, that's that is the spine of your team, isn't it? So. Yeah. Yeah, so, base, so like we said, basically we're saying Bennett, Alessandra, Guy and Hayden, essentially, yeah. is what you, what you really want want to see there. So, so yeah, that, 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 that's our view on the contracts. <laughs> Rumbled on a little bit there, didn't we? But there you go. Um, this is an interesting one. The last bit from the match preview stuff. Again, it's not like a match-specific question, but it's more a question from Regan Thompson here, asking, what do we feel are the big difference between this side and curl side three seasons ago? That made the playoffs, but obviously got knocked beat by um, Exeter. It's an interesting question, isn't it? Because it probably is the nearest comparison in recent years. I think this is because it's a step ahead of the Sheridan team, and the Sheridan team 
was just out sort of teetering, wasn't it really, at that point, whereas Curl's team was flying going into Christmas and properly dropped off, obviously, when Wyke left. Um, I would, well, I think we've mentioned it before that the major difference is we were probably a bit semi-reliant on Wyke back then. And Adams. Yeah. And it's, well, obviously, we as good as our front line have been, Alessandro's the top scorer of them, isn't he? You know, there's, yeah. there's goals all around our team, if you know what I mean. We've got they're not free-scoring, are they? Not yeah, like a Waiko who's just basically getting to live we've, there. We've got goals. centre-backs who can, you know, nod a corner, free-kick in. Didn't really have undercurl, did we, when you think about it? Rain yeah. didn't score many, so... yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And I, I, I tend to agree. I think in terms of squad depth, I think we're a bit stronger now. I think in terms of the balance of the squad, especially as well, you think, you think towards the end of that season under Curl, some of the squads, in terms of players we had on the bench in those final games, was pretty appalling, wasn't it? Actually, when you look back at it, I think there, there was some absolutely awful play. I mean, it was that season of Joe Chin, wasn't it? Or am I imagining that? Was that season afterwards? There, there was that many. I, I have a feeling it was Joe Chimmy, you know, because I don't was remember. Was it the wearing... one where Hooper and Ward came in? Yes, because they didn't wear Umbro kits. I can't remember them wearing Umbro kits. So yeah, yeah, you had Hooper, you had Ward, you had Tomlinson, you had Joe Chim. It... it seemed to be just chuck a dart and hope on yeah. sticks. Difference is this is we've got young lads ready to come in if we really need to. And we talked about this before. Curl had zero interest in the youth team. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Just, you know what I mean? I, I, I always remember he actually did watch a game once and there was mm. there was a load of fanfare made about it which just sort of hammered it home even more, you know. Yeah, if the manager's not making an effort to go and watch them, it doesn't really tell yeah. you much, does it? Whereas you see the, the, the like it's light and day difference with Beach, isn't it? He, he's taking an interest, he's getting them involved in match day squads. He, he really wants them to be a part of the team, doesn't he? And he's giving them chances in the team when he, get, when he gets the opportunity. I mean, Charters came on towards the end on... on um, on Saturday, and he could have yeah, brought other players yeah. on, but he yeah. threw him on and got himself booked with a bit of a reckless challenge. But that's what you want to see. You want to see players yeah. who are not afraid of putting the foot in. Um, yeah, I, I think we're in a much better place because I think, in comparison, if we lose Coyote compared with losing Wyke, we can still put together two or three different front lines, can't we? That will do a job and cause problems for teams. Whereas once we lost Wyke, we brought Proctor in, and Proctor didn't play every game, did he? You remember that? He missed a few games of injury. The problem was we we never replaced Wyke, did we? No, yeah, you're absolutely right. We 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 just didn't replace Charlie Wyke. That was the big problem. Proctor came in, and yeah, he's a he's an okay target man, but he only played 16 games. When you look back at it, he got four goals, and two of them came in the last game. The I, I I always defend Proctor. I do agree. I, he's a decent player. He just was the wrong player. He was the wrong player at the wrong time. Yeah, basically, he's, he's still a good footballer. He just didn't. He wasn't the player we needed. We needed. To I play. would I would like to have seen Proctor beside Wyke because Proc- Proctor though. is very good in the air and holding it up. And Charlie Wyke was often yeah. probably the closest we had to an Ian Stevens type. And 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 Wyke looked pretty good when when Jabbo was fit and able to play alongside yeah, yeah, him and support yeah. him. But obviously, towards the end, Jabbo wasn't playing as much, was he? And, yeah. I mean, we saw the big difference when he came back for, towards the end of that season, didn't we, with Jabbo? And he he lifted us a little bit more. Um, and then he got knocked in. And he missed. Did he miss the playoffs? I think I can't remember. I, I seem to remember he didn't play in those playoff games, did he? And I think that was the point where we were all like, oh, just just yeah, not quite. Yeah. 
not going to quite make it. Um, yeah, Regan, I think we, we both agree we're, we're better placed basically to to deal with that issue in the future. So I, I I don't I don't foresee a collapse in the same way we had a collapse in that season. I hope. <laughs> Touch wood. Touch wood. Yeah, I don't want to mess anything up there. Uh, I think that's it then, Dan, isn't it, for the match review bit? We're not massive amount to talk about with it, really. It was just one of those days, isn't it? It's not a bad performance, not a brilliant performance. Results elsewhere went our way, so we didn't yeah. lose too much ground. So. Yeah, it's a shame we couldn't have taken advantage, but we didn't lose out, really, so that's the important yeah. thing. Uh, okay, then, that's the end of part one. Uh, we're going to part two next, where we'll be uh, focusing on the visit of former Premier League side Bolson Wanderers to Brunton Park. We'll be back in just a sec. Welcome back everyone and uh, we're into part two now where we're looking ahead to the first half festive fixtures as the former Premier League side Bolton Wanderers made the trip to Brunton Park for a competitive fixture for the first time in 32 years. They have played, we did play against them in the meantime between that though didn't we? We played against them in a friendly to open the standards and I think it was. Yes I was also at that last time they were here in 88. 88 yeah. Got beat. 2-0. Yep, you, you're jumping ahead in the running order. I've got that <laughs> when, we, when we last met. Um, yeah. It, it, it is quite incredible what's happened with them in the last few years, isn't it? It's such a fall from grace from a team that was absolutely flying to one that, you know, they're, they're struggling to get into the top half of League 2. Yeah. <laughs> Bolton fans could probably write a book on what's happened. Without going into too much detail, there seems to have been all sorts of kerfuffle, serious mismanagement, and as usual, it's the fans who feel it the most because, you know, whether they're the permanent Premier League fixtures, open to debate, but they're certainly a, a top end of the Championship team, you know. I mean, they're, they're a famous historic club with a lot of history. When you look, I mean, yeah, I was doing yeah. the, the history and facts bit for this. There's a hell of a lot in there, stuff you don't realise about them as well. Um, yeah, you know, they've, they've got a fairly modern ground in, in yeah. the uh, the Reebok, as everyone calls it. I know it's it, not called that now, but This is the thing with, with the sponsorships. It, the first sponsorship deal is always the biggest one, because that's the name that everybody remembers. No one yeah. ever calls it what it was before that, or after that even. Um, I, yeah. I, I'll just, just going off tangent now, whenever I get the train to Newcastle, I always think, yep. That's uh, the Sports Direct Arena. <laughs> they, they love that one, won't they? Yeah. Um, but there you go. Um, haven't got any referee news yet because it's not been published on the EFL website. It's ridiculous mm. that three days before. Uh, normally it's up, it's up at the start of the week, it's, really. So. It's probably gone up as we've recorded. It usually yeah. does. Oh, it'd be sort of be typical. Um, so, yep, so obviously it's Boxing Day, three o'clock kickoff. Um, let's get on to some of the history and facts about Bolton Wanderers. So, Bolton Wanderers were founded by... <laughs> <laughs> by the by, the Reverend Thomas Ogden, the schoolmaster at Christchurch in 1874 as Christchurch FC. Once again, it's all about religion and football at the moment, isn't it? It's, it's, it's incredible. mad, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's quite weird. It, I, do you know someone, when I'm bored over Christmas and New Year, I'm going to see how many teams of the 92 were formed from a church connection. 
you get a lot of church connections. A lot of cricket clubs, aren't they? Where they wanted something yeah, else to yeah. play in the in the winter months. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was initially run from the church of the same name on Dean Road, Bolton. The club left the location following a dispute with the vicar. They always fall out with them in the end, don't yes. they? And, uh, and they changed the name to Bolton Wanderers in 1877. The name was chosen as the club initially had significant difficulty in finding a permanent ground to play on, having used free venues in the first four years of their existence. So quite an apt name, really. You don't, there's not there's not many other Wanderers. There was Wanderers FC, wasn't it? They won the FA Cup and yes. whatnot. But as you, as you know from your point of experience, um, but I can't think of many other Wanderers about, can you, really? Because I think they sing We Are The Only One, one and Only Wanderers, aren't, don't they, sir? don't think there's any others with that name um in 1888 they became a part of history as one of the founding whoa, 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 whoa. Wickham. of course yeah well remember that i, I don't know why i'd completely forgot the wickham Wolves. There you go. all right there's two wanderers three <laughs> three two more wanderers what I meant. anyway yeah f- thank you for correcting me there yeah. um just came 18- to me there when i know i'm just thinking I was rushing my brains through as well. It's one of those ones, isn't it? Um, in 1888, they became a part of history as one of the founder members of the Football League alongside Accrington FC, Aston Villa, Blackburn Rovers, Burnley, Derby County, Everton, Notts County, Preston Offence, Stoke City, West Bromwich Albion, and Wolverhampton Wanderers right in front of my eyes. <laughs> I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it's interesting when you look back at that first season of the Football League. It basically was the North West and Midlands yeah, Football League, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, the Midlands upwards, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah basically. There was, and there was nothing from the North East or Yorkshire, really, was there? It was just yeah. Lancashire, basically. Um, yeah, uh, they finished in fifth place, but went into the record box as the first team to score a goal of the Football League, thanks to forward Kenny Davenport's strike against Derby County. Um, I should know that when I, when I corrected myself there Accrington FC is a different club to Accrington Stanley isn't it they were one of the founder members yeah. Accrington Stanley was formed in the 60s I think it was so they uh, yeah the Trotters have spent 73 seasons in the top flight no club has spent more time in the top division without winning the title than them that's quite a record to have isn't it really? yeah it's, could a, it? it's a good one that yeah yeah um, well, they've never won the title. They have won the FA Cup on four occasions in 1923, 1926, 1929 and 1958. That first win was the first final to be held at the Wem- at Wembley Stadium. The, the White Horse Stadium. The White, White Horse. Horse game, wasn't it? The yeah. White Horse game against West Ham United, wasn't it? Um, I think 120,000 were in that day, didn't they? Or something like that. Or even and more, the rest. It's, yeah, it's, it was... it's a bit like our Boxing Day fixture against Berry that was down as 12,500. <laughs> 12, no when. Way. There was about 16,000 in the ground that day. <laughs> it was ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I remember my first ever game, that one. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they won it on four occasions. That 958 one was the... They played against Man United in the final, didn't they? Man United the, basically had a makeshift team, didn't they? After yeah, the yeah. Munich Air disaster. Yeah. Um, uh, they generally wear white shirts and navy shorts these days, but they've had some jazzy early kits, haven't they? I was looking back yeah, at these before. A lo- lovely polka dot number one. Yeah, very lovely. It's like the um, is that the, the King of the Mountains one? Yeah, um, King of the Mountains. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a lovely little number that one. Um, and a few like um, look like a barbershop quartet shirts, don't they? With <laughs> the the red bl- red navy blue and white stripes on them. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, before this season, they'd only spent one campaign in the fourth tier in. 1987-88, where they were promoted back to the third division at the first attempt. Their most successful modern era came under the management of Sam Allardyce and his assistant was Neil MacDonald, of course. Um, 
They moved to the University of Bolton Stadium, aka the Reebok slash Macron Stadium, in 1997, leaving Burnham Park after 102 years. A ground, a ground that Carlisle haven't played at yet. No, it's interesting, isn't it? It's one of the one of the few. It's like the JGB or DW, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, Wigan yeah. never played there, yet, have we? Um, over the last few seasons, the club has moved from one fast to another off the pitch, barely managing to put a rescue package together in time last summer to keep the club alive. And I mean, last summer they they missed the first few games, didn't they? While they were still sorting that out in. Very, Berry very, as well, they, they very nearly went the same way as Berry, didn't they? But it's incredible. The fact. I mean, you got to remember this is only only twelve years ago. They beat Atletico Madrid in the round of thirty two of the UEFA Cup. Yeah, yeah. And and they drew two two with Bayern Munich that same season. Yeah, it's astonishing when you look back at how much they've fallen down at that time, really, isn't it? Uh, right, celebrity fans, and I would say this is probably our strongest lineup of the season. And it will be hard to be beaten. Uh, everyone knows these people. We've got Peter Kay, Phoenix yeah. Knights car share. Paddy McGuinness, Phoenix Knights take me out. Vernon Kay, no relation. Yeah. Formerly of T4, Family Fortunes and various others. In the jungle. Uh, yeah, boxer Amir Khan is a Boltonian. Yeah. And my favourite one, Cracker Jack's very own Stu Francis. Superb. Absolutely superb. That is a good set, to be fair. I, I still think Trammer is better. After, you're not going to be half-man, half-biscuit, Ray Stubbs and Hives in Bouquet, are you? Really? It's, it's between them two, isn't it? Yeah. I think at the end of the season, we'll do a little Twitter poll over which team yeah. had the best celeb fans. Yeah. yeah. And the teams who didn't have any, just... just the <laughs> they don't they get in. No, exactly. Um, interesting, the head-to-head. We're ahead on this. <laughs> I was quite surprised when I saw this. I've, I was expecting us to be... You know, them to have like 15 and us to have about three or something. But we've won 11, drawn six and lost 10. It's quite a decent record, isn't it? I mean, mostly probably played at the second division level, I think. And the first time we played them was in the 1930s in an FA Cup game. We lost 1-0 at Burnham Park. But um, we've only lost twice to them at Brunton Park, one of which obviously was the last time we met in 1988 um, so back in March 1988 uh, Wanderers came to Brunton Park looking to cement their push to win promotion back to Division 3 at the first attempt they came away with a 2-0 win in front of a crowd of just 2,796 of which one of them was you Dan yeah that that was uh, desperate times let, let me just get this right yeah it was my third season 85-86 we got relegated out what's now the championship 86-87, we got relegated out what's now League One. And I think we finished 23rd in what is League Two now at the end of this season. So it was... We did indeed. We finished second bottom that season. Um, Bolton finished third in second behind second place Cardiff City and champions Wolverhampton Wanderers. Quite incredible, isn't it? <laughs> that was, those three were in, in the third division together that yeah. season, really, isn't it? Um, I know Cardiff were down that level a bit more often than the other two, but... Still quite ridiculous. Um, well, let's, let's get into present day then, Dan. Um, so I think there was big expectations, especially from us. We had them down as pretty much champions, didn't we? I think in our species and predictions, because um, there was a big recruitment drive and a, you know the appointment of an upcoming and highly rated manager. But it's been a real slog for them, hasn't it? They've found I it think, really tough. I think the problem they've had, and this is something that Ian Everts alluded to. They've just had that bigger turnover. It's just taken a bit of time more. Hmm. Was, was it 21, 22 players assigned? Well, we signed plenty of players in the summer. We had a pretty much a big turnover. 
you know, sometimes it's not just a case of signing all the yeah, big, big names, is it? It's sometimes getting the right names in. And yeah. It's interesting, obviously, that they went, I don't know if they went all out, but they obviously outbid us to get Geffen Jones as signing. Would you swap him for George Tanner now? I wouldn't. No, no but I'm Tanner's number one fan, so. No, there's not a chance I would swap, swap the two of them. But um, but yes, I mean, they're struggling to get themselves in the top half, never mind the promotion battle at the moment. And in, they currently find themselves in 15th place in the division on 25 points with a record of play 19, won 7, drawn 4, lost 8, 4, 20 goal, 2 goals against 29 goals and a goal difference of minus 7. There were some promising signs from a few weeks ago, wasn't there? That they, they might be starting to just hit the right level of form and move up the table, but they slipped back into bad habits and dropped back down on the form table in the last six games they've won three and lost three so the, I, w- I was just going to say inconsistency is their middle name at the moment yeah, isn't they, it they just can't seem to find the form I mean last time out they suffered a heavy 3-0 home defeat to Tranmere Rovers who of course <laughs> are led by their former manager Keith Hill aren't they so I'm sure he'll have enjoyed that result oh, definitely, definitely. Um, the game prior to that saw them grab a late one nil win at promotion contenders Cheltenham <laughs> Town, who who really are slipping up a bit well as well recently, aren't they? And they're yeah. struggling. Um I mean manager we mentioned it there, obviously Ian Everett. Um a familiar name to United fans who listen to games on BBC Radio Cumbria. Everett, I think we both agreed, did a pretty remarkable job at Barrow on a not much of a budget to get them promoted back to the football league for the first time in almost fifty years. But he was pretty quick to jump ship, wasn't he? And when the opportunity came at uh, the University of Bolton Stadium, wasn't he? He didn't really wait around very long, did he? To, I, I would to say, was it a three-year contract on considerably more money? Yeah, that's no, just, knowing that if you fail, you can just you you've got an excuse anyway because Bolton was such a mess. Yeah, and he, he, he'd, he'd probably he'd probably get another league two job easily enough. If, if I, I, I do find it funny, mind when uh, just going back to Barrow when the chairman was. Uh, on the other week, talking about done leaving, how it wasn't Ian Everett, it was just Everett, <laughs> just Everett. <laughs> and it was. I don't. I don't think he'll be welcome back. No, I don't think he's overly popular in terms of that. Um, not really been plain selling for him so far. He's he's found it tough to get the best out of an expensively assembled squad, and he's come under a bit of criticism, hasn't he, for his man management of players, particularly the way he treated the young lad they've got on loan, the keeper from Fleetwood. Billy yeah, Collin, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, and then he, he saved a penalty next game, didn't he? Yeah, it's, it's one of those ones, you know, I say, oh, that motivated him, but I, I don't think going like that at him, a young lad like that on the radio, was what, 18, 19, or something like that? A goalkeeper as well? If, not, if Beach had done that, I think our fans would be hammering him, and rightly, yeah. I think. It's just not, not really a way you're going to build a young lad's confidence up, and I can't imagine Joey Barton was very happy after that one, really, there, <laughs> in terms of whatever did. Um, Still time to turn things around, but I think if he fails to get promotion this season, you'd imagine he'd probably be sacked, wouldn't he? I must, don't know. Must be. I don't know. I mean, the fact well, unless they can fr- play really good football, I, 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 I think he. The, the, the fact he's got a fr- the fact he's got a three year contract, and with how things have been this season, with all the COVID stuff, I think he'd get a second chance for the mm. next season. Yeah, I, I, and I, I, I also wonder if, as part of his thing he said look it may take a season to steady this ship yeah you know yeah I mean it took him a while to get Barrow going really when you look back at it he had one season didn't he but he got them settled and then the second season they were brilliant so they may, maybe they will look at that but 
Fulton are a massive club and they really should be up there with the, yeah, the squad. Yeah. I mean, let's get on to it now. I mean, the, the squad, I mean, there's, you know, as you'd expect, there's plenty of quality throughout here, isn't it? I mean, the amount they spent in terms of wages, it really should be. But actually, when you look back at it, is it a little bit thin in a few areas? I wonder if defensively it doesn't look quite as strong as the other areas. When when this, We're going to come on to the ex-Carlisle things, but... The one that raised eyebrows is when Arthur Ganawa signed for them. And yeah. a lot of Carlisle fans were like, really? I wondered that. that I mean, that's just filling a, a space, isn't yeah, it? Really, yeah. as much as anything. That's just cover in the same way with Sean Miller as well. Yeah, yeah. To that as well. But, <coughs> but yeah, it's, it's... I don't know. I just had a look at the squad today and I was looking and I was thinking, defensively, you've got Alex Baptiste in there. You've got George Taft who knows this level. But the rest of them, I look at them and I'm thinking... Hmm. Not really there that makes you think, oh God, I yeah, wish he was playing yeah. for us. Geffen Jones, like I said, I wouldn't good player, but I wouldn't swap him for for um Josh Tanner now. No. They've got that lad on the that Ricardo Santos who was at Barnet last season and there was some of their fans saying, you know, there's not a better centre back in the division than this lad. When my first thoughts are then he's clearly not watched our defence because we've got arguably three better than him. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um and then he had an absolute stinker against Port Vale, didn't he, in that, in that mental yeah. game they had. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if their expectations of how good some of their players are at this level are a little bit overinflated. I mean, I, I picked out Keemer, I think. I mean, I think goalkeeper Matt Gilks, actually, is a real key, key one in there. Because obviously you mentioned there the lad Krellin who's on loan from Fleetwood. He's only 20 years old. Very highly thought. I think it's England Youth International, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Matt Gilks, he's 38. <laughs> And he's been around the block. I, I remember him making his debut for Rochdale 20 odd years ago yeah, yeah. against us. So, you know, he's a good player and he, he knows what he's, he's doing, doesn't he? Um, in defence, I picked out Santos because they seem to think he's the main man there, fans. I'm not convinced myself. A player who was at Barnet last season is going to be the, the start one for them, but there you go. Um, a midfield, the obvious one who stands out there, yeah. isn't it? It's Anthony Sarsavich. Um, quality player. I, I would have quite happily had him with us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. I mean, when, when when he was at Fleetwood, he always tortured us when we played them, and you know he did well at Plymouth, and he's he's doing well at Bolton again. Yeah, yeah. Um, up front, it's got to be Owen Doyle, isn't it? Although yeah. I'd say Nathan Del Fuenzo as well. It's not a bad couple of strikers to have in league too, is not, it? Not a bad at all. And you got Sean Miller coming off the bench. You know, we know can chip in with a few and do a job coming on a Harry and Blaze late on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've, we've, we've mentioned the, all the ex-Blues because you've put five, but really it's four and a half, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. I mean, so the, the five ex-United players, you've got Geffen Jones, we've obviously mentioned already. Sean Miller, we've mentioned, you know, again, he's just a squad player really, isn't he? Um, Brandon Comley, obviously he was on loan uh, under Curl, was that, I think? From QPR, yeah. QPR, yeah. Um, Arthur Ganoa, and then obviously Tom White, who some fans might not remember, but he was in our youth setup, left to go to Gateshead. We nearly signed him again last season, didn't we? Yeah. He ended up going to Blackburn, sitting there under 23s, and go on loan to Barrow and to Bolton now. It's weird, that, isn't it? A club like Blackburn's signing players just to fill spaces in there <laughs> yeah. under 23s, but there you go. Yeah. But yeah, so plenty of action out players there. Uh, let's do predictions this one. We're not going to do team news till after we've done the Harrogate stuff. So predictions, Dan? I'll go for a 2-0 win. You know what? I'm, I'm going to agree with you there. I think I think 2-0 win. I think I just feel confident going this one. I don't... I think... Get get Benny to do a number on Owen Doyle. 
Yeah. Get Hayden's keeper eye on Delph Wenzo. I don't, the rest of the team, I'm not as, I won't say I'm not worried about it because there is quality there and on the day that they will cause us a lot of problems. But if we keep playing at the level we are, we didn't drop off against Forest Screen. I, I, yeah, I think we'll win 2 0. Are you going to go for goals? I'm going to go for Big John to get one on his return and yeah. Amari Patrick. Okay. I'm going to give you, I think, John Mellish will get one of them. Uh, and I think the other one will be Coyote. I fancy Coyote to get back yeah. on the score sheet as well. Okay, Dan, that's, that's um, part two done. We're going to have a third part of this episode because uh, we've got so much to fit in. We're gonna Next up, we're going to look our, at the game against Harrogate three days after the Bolton game. So we'll be back in a sec. Okay, welcome back everyone and um, we're into part three now where we're going to be looking ahead to the second of our christmas week fixtures and this time it's a short trip over the pennines and into yorkshire for our first ever competitive in fact i think first ever fixture against harrogate town dan i don't recall us ever playing them before do you off the top of my head no uh, we should have asked jeff jackson about this shouldn't we really yeah he, he, he would know you'd ask him straight away and say oh we played them in a friendly in 1997 or something like that he'd be able to tell you um but you know it, it, it's a real shame though isn't it that fans aren't going to be at this one because I think a lot of fans were looking forward to this because it's a quite short trip isn't it in a nice little uh, day out in Yorkshire but it's been robbed from us unfortunately and yeah no visit to Betty's tea room <sighs> absolutely devastated about that that's the bit I think I'm most gutted about um, <laughs> but yeah it, it, it's interesting you know that they're quite a surprise team to get promoted last season but Fair play, they've they've done pretty well so far this season, haven't they? They've they've settled into League Two a lot better than Barrow have anyway. <laughs> Put it that way. It's struggling a little bit recently, but they've given themselves a cushion, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. That's well, the let, let, let's be honest. If if uh, last season continued, Barrow still had to go to Harrogate, and having watched Harrogate in the playoff final, I don't think Harrogate would have won the league. To be quite honest, do you think? Yeah. And do they still have the uh, FA Trophy? Didn't they? I think. Yeah, yeah. To play as well. Um, so this one kicks off on Tuesday the 29th. It's a 7.45 kickoff. I'm fairly certain on that one. I've not seen it at 7pm anywhere. I'm not seeing it change anywhere. No, so I think it's a 7.45 uh, kickoff. I mean, it's not far to travel, is it? So I can't imagine they'd want to change it. Um, so let's get into the history, in fact. So Harrogate Town were formed in 1914 as Harrogate AFC. Uh, the club was due to play its first fixtures in the 1914-15 season. However, due to the Great War, all games were postponed before fixture could take place. Harrogate should have actually played Bishop Auckland on the Saturday the 5th of September, but sent a telegram two hours before kickoff, stating they would not be arriving as most of the team had left to join the regiments. <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? Well, yeah. Why can't you feel the team? Well, they've gone to the war. Fair yeah. enough. Fair dues. Because I think, I think we, we might have actually played them, you know, the original Harrogate AFC, possibly in the Northern League, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, because I think that's one of the leagues we played in. We might be in Lancashire at this time, because we flipped between the two, didn't we, really, for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, the team uh, was disbanded in 1932, but reformed in 1935 under the name Harrogate Hotspurs. Interesting, like, the only other Hotspurs I've ever heard of in football, at least anyway. I never realised that. Uh, the club's name was switched to Harrogate Town in 1948. Uh, the club's nicknamed Town, but also the Sulphurites, due to Harrogate's famous Sulphur Springs. 
Interesting one. That's a, probably one of the most unique nicknames in football, I'd say. Um, they spent most of their early existence playing in local Yorkshire leagues before working their way up the northeast counties and Unibon leagues in the 80s and 90s. Their fortunes changed when the club was taken over in 2012 by Irving Weaver, who is the father of the club's manager, Simon. Um, should point out here, it's not a case of he took over the club and gave Simon the job, is it? He had been in not, the job for three years before that. Yeah, he yeah. earned his stripes. I think it's fair to say. I think he basically came into sort of, well, not maybe save the club, but you know, keep the club going at a decent level. I think at least because I think around about that time, or maybe before that, they were having some real ding dong battles with Harrogate Railway, weren't they? Harrogate Railway Athletic were yeah, yeah. similar level to them at that time, which is quite bizarre. You don't see that very often. Two non-league clubs in one town at a very similar level. Um, so yeah, uh, after earning promotion via the National League North playoffs in 2018, it took them just two seasons to earn promotion to the league, beating Notts County in the final Wembley Summit, which, as you mentioned, Dan, a game they thoroughly deserved to win against a decent Notts County side. Yeah, they um, absolutely bossed that game from memory. They, they, they yeah. certainly are a decent team. I mean, from speaking to people who watch non-league football regularly, say, you know, they're, they're really well-run outfit at the very least. So yeah, yeah. come on, celeb fans. Well, we've only found a couple, but uh, they're both uh, England level, although I, not in the same sport. I'm not convinced about these two being their celeb fans, you know. I think well, no, no, two, no. two have turned up to games, I think, but there you go. Well, the, that makes them a fan then. <laughs> All right, I'll let you Well, the, the first one is former England and Leeds United goalkeeper Nigel Martin. One of the few who, people from Cornwall to have played for England. And who is now a regular in one of the North Yorkshire cricket leagues in the summer. Is he? Yeah, as, as a wicketkeeper as well. Yeah, he also famously um, didn't realise on Twitter that if you like something, people can go on your profile and look at your likes. Yeah, yeah. And he liked something a little bit naughty. He yeah. didn't realise and people were like, oh, look what Nigel Martin's liked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, be careful what you like on Twitter. That's my advice for today. Yeah. And the second one is uh, long, curly-haired England seam bowler Ryan Sidebottom. I'm glad you read that out because I would have said Frank Sidebottom there if you didn't. <laughs> Don't blame me. To be fair, with the amount of hair he had, his head wasn't far off the sides of Frank <laughs> no, Sidebottom. It wasn't. Wasn't was it? Interesting. That fair play. And he's he, he, he's been spotted taking his lad to matches, so he definitely counts. Oh, well, well, there you go. There you go. I'm guessing maybe one of those ones we. Maybe cheaper to go there and to go to watch Leeds because I think he might be a Leeds fan. I yeah, could be wrong on that one. I, I think I think towns like Harrogate, there's always going to be a Leeds United. Uh, I think you find a lot of players who played for Leeds or played around in that area end up living in that sort of area because Harrogate's yeah, quite a nice yeah, town. Yeah. So, but yeah. no, like a lot, a lot, a lot of these smaller towns, the likes of Osset and Harrogate, and you know, there's there's a big Leeds United fan base there, and oh, yeah. you will you will get people who follow both, etc. Exactly. Um, Head to head, and last time we met, well, nothing to tell you because we, we've not played them yet. It's the first time we've played a new team since Salford last season, I think it was. Yeah. And yeah. before that, I can't think when the last time we played a team for the first time would have been. Because would it quite have a been bit. someone like maybe one of the London area non league clubs or something? Possibly. We played Crawley in the non league, didn't we? We played Dagenham in non league, so. Interesting, though. It would be interesting one to look up and work out the last time we played somewhere we never played before in a game. Um, well, let's get into the general preview chat. Like I said, this section is not quite as long as the Bolton one because I think there was a lot more to talk about in terms of Bolton. Um, 
Okay, so having only just secured promotion to the league on the 2nd of August here, I don't think there was massive expectations for them this season, but they've surprised many with their start, finding themselves in the playoff positions early on in the season. I think I predicted them as a dark horse, I think, in our pre-season predictions. I'm not 100% on that one. I can't remember, but I think I did. So I was quite pleased when they were doing all right at the start of the campaign. Uh, but in recent weeks, though, um, <laughs> unsurprisingly, form has dropped off and they found themselves dropping down the table a bit. They've got, I mean, we'll get onto it in a minute, but they've got quite a thin squad. When you look at all the other squads in League Two, it's a small squad. There's not many players in there, is there? Yeah. It's quite yeah. telling that. Um, they currently find themselves in 17th place in the division on 22 points with a record of played 19, won 6, drawn 4, lost 9. Uh, they've scored 19 goals, they've conceded 23, and got a goal difference of minus 4. Their current form's not particularly great, as we said there. They've won 2 and lost 4 the last six games. Last time out, they suffered a narrow 1-0 home defeat to big spending Salford City. In the previous fixture, they earned a surprise 2-1 win at free score in Exeter. That was a bit of a shock result, but Exeter have had a few iffy results lately as well, haven't they, I think, in a couple of games? it's There's been quite a few of these sort of results recently, hasn't there? You know, it's... Uh... I think it's something we're going to see for the rest of the season just yeah. because it's so condensed and there's been that much football that... The only two haven't really had any like that is probably us and Forest Green, really. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're two of the most consistent sides of the division. And the yeah. fact that it was only a 1-0 win to Forest Green at the weekend probably tells you that, really, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So let's go on to the manager. So that's Simon Weaver. Yes, he, as we mentioned there, he is the owner's son, but he earned the job in his own right before his dad took the reins at Weatherby Road. Uh, a solid defender in his plane. I've been playing for uh, Lincoln City. He was in that Keith Alexander side, wasn't he? Yeah. He was just yeah. basically like yeah. anyone who thinks we've got a big team now. I've told them go back and watch Lincoln City's team <laughs> yeah. from the early noughties. Like the land of the giants, oh, wasn't it? Jamie McComb, um, Weaver. Who else did they have? There's some really, really big lads now. Gareth McCauley was there, wasn't he? I think. Yeah. And they, they were they were basically just big lads, and they they played very direct and. Hey, they were the old, the old, but... the old air raid side, and used to go off oh, for yeah. the corner. Uh, and Keith, uh, Keith Alexander, God rest his soul, with his uh, his um, tracky bottoms of his big long socks tucked up over them. <laughs> yeah. he, he he was a he was a, a man of fashion before Paul Tisdale came into the game, wasn't he? Yeah, He's, definitely. What a guy. Um, yeah, uh, so. Yeah, he's done a solid job. I think a decent job with not a massive budget. There, I think I think he deserves a lot of credit really for the him. It's quite telling him and Everett, two managers have done really well on not massive budgets. When you look at some of the teams, I mean, look at what John Sheridan did at Chesterfield last season. Yeah, and the absolute yeah. mess he made of that. Um, and even Notts County is still struggling to get themselves back in the league. It's you've got to give them give them both of them credit. I think and. I don't think it's likely he's going to be getting the vote of confidence from his dad anytime soon, is it? I think he's, I think whatever happens, he's likely to stay in that job for quite a while to go now, I think. Probably one of the smaller squads in the division and not really packed with experience, but I think it is a testament to the work that Weaver's done that they've done so well so far. I mean, yeah, yeah. When you look down through the squad, I mean, I was picking out. My key men in house struggling a little bit because I don't one recognize name, many of the names. There's one name stands out on the list, and that's John Stead, yeah. isn't it? Straight away, he stands out as, yeah. as one of your key men. Jack Muldoon's done really well for them this season. I think he's got yeah, yeah. a few goals. So he's took, taken to the league yeah. really well. But like I said, when you look through the squad, I don't recognize him. I mean, I, I don't know League Two as well as I used to back in the day, but even I would look through most squads and say, I recognize him, recognize him. Well, 
I look for this. One one name that did stand out was Connor Kirby, but that's only because we were rumoured to be sniffing about him when he left Chef Wed. Yeah, I think he's one stand out. Dan Jones, who was at, was he at Barrow, I think, a few years ago? He was at Salford. That's where they signed him from. I'm not 100% on that one. And the the, the obvious other one, who is also the uh, former Carlisle link, is uh, Mark Beck. Yeah, he's done fair play to the lad. He's done well for himself. And he's, he's, he's well liked there by all accounts. And he yeah. Yeah, doesn't score as many maybe as Muldoon, but he, he, he basically is the target man, isn't he? I think he starts yeah, it yeah. ahead of Stead most weeks, I think. he's. Yeah. I think it, Stead's basically brought on late on, isn't he, when he tires out a bit? Stead will be an excellent person to learn from oh, in training. Won't perfect for him, isn't he? I mean, he's, I mean, to be fair, he's still only what, 26 back. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's still got plenty of time to do one well in his career. So, you know, fair play to the lad. Um, as you mentioned, there, obviously, Mark Beck is the link with us. Um, the other link is obviously uh, ex-Blues captain and the man who we saw on the greatest tattoo in history, and we still haven't tracked that fella down. Please, Paul please, Thurwell. please, 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 <laughs> if you're listening, give us a Christmas present. Some, someone must know him. Come on. Introduce yourself. Contact us. He, he drinks we, in the he drinks in the Cali. He'll be some sort of reprobate. We, Come on, we, get him we on. We want to hear the story behind the Paul Thurwell tattoo. I think it basically is just it was the picture for of the start from the when they basically um, they took the photos to promote yeah. the new kit, didn't they? And I think that was the photo it was used essentially. But you know, he could have just had the kit done. But he said, "Like, no, I just want Paul Thurwell as well. I want <laughs> rather than a random uh, pretend player or something like that. I don't know." Um, so yeah, Paul Thurwell, he's, I think he's, I think he's assistant manager there. He's definitely on the coaching staff at least anyway. And yeah, he's starting off his career as coach, doing pretty well. Um, okay, let's get on to team, before we do predictions for this one, let's do some team news, uh, Dan. So it's, it's, annoyingly, it's getting quite busy in this team news section now, isn't it? It's yeah. been quiet for a while and suddenly locked turning up. I think we expected that though, didn't we, at this yeah, stage yeah. of the season. So, um, the two obvious ones, George Tanner with collarbone and Danny Devine with his knee will miss out this game due to injury. It looks like Tanner possibly February, I think, that it seems he might come back. I would, I would, I would, think, I would think end of January, early February. Normally yeah. about six to eight weeks for a collarbone. Yeah. So. It's not it's not as bad as the one that um, Ethan Walker Ethan Walk had. But no. Ethan Walker's had one before, hasn't he, which I think was part yeah, of the problem. I think he's had it two or three times. Yeah. Danny Devine, uh, he's possibly going to have to have an operation. Yeah, Beach was suggesting it might be just a bit more than the physio needing to have a pl- little fiddle with it and I could possibly have a minor operation. Yeah, it's a real shame that because he was doing so well, wasn't he? He got into the yeah, team and he showed yeah. himself a useful player, but I'm, you know, I'm sure he'll come back uh, just as strong. Um, good news though, John Mellish will return after his one game ban for five yellow cards and no other players got any bookings, so we don't have any fret of a booking now until no, someone gets to 10 cards, which 10 is cards now, isn't 32 it? Yeah. games, which I think if no games were called off, that would be the Oldham Athletic game or the Sulphur game. I can't remember which one it is. I think it's the Oldham game. Yeah. Possibly. But anyway, the 32nd game basically is when the 10 game cutoff is. And then after that, you have to get to 15 yeah. to get um, free. And if you're getting 15 bookings in a season, you're doing pretty well, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so John Mellish is back. Uh, Rod McDonald, uh, he returned for the reserve trip to Rochdale. He'll be in contention for placing the match day squad. Be interesting to see if Hunt is actually dropped or not. In fact, interesting. Hunt didn't feature, did he, I think, against. Um, no. Against uh, Rochelle. And it just occurred to me that actually. That's an interesting one. I wonder if they maybe they'll be that keen to get Wilson a bit of Tom Wilson that is the uh, first yeah, year wide yeah. player because he's been out injured for a long time and he's the man to get minutes into him as well. Um so yeah, uh Charters as you mentioned, impressed in that game. He 
I'd imagine he's probably going to keep his place on the bench because it seems Beach is really happy with the way he's developing at the moment. Um, other than that, it's just the same ones as before, isn't it? The Dickinson and Walker are still in the last stages of their recovery and uh, Conor Malley, similar. I, think, I don't think we're going to see Conor Malley play for us again, to be honest. If I was going to no, make a prediction, I think he's going I, back. I think, I think Dickinson, probably, once we get these two or three games out of the way, I think we'll probably see Dickinson appear. It'll be, be almost like a new signing, won't it? You know, oh, it's, it's brilliant. When you think a lot of the clubs are going to be desperate to try and get players in, in January, well, we're effectively just getting one fresh. Having played yeah. no games, he can play as much as he needs to from that point on. So I genuinely think it's great news, that, isn't it, that he's, he's potentially coming back. Um, uh, right, predictions. Well, this is the sort of game we should be... If we're going to be serious in the second half of the season about going up, it's a game we should be looking to win. So I'm going to go for 2 0 again. I'm going to go for 3. I think we're boosted by the coming. We might even get 4, you know. Oh, or do I go ambitious? You know, I'm going to go 4 now. I'm going to go ambitious. I think with the confidence of the win against Bolton, I just think I just think Harrogate are just slipping off a bit now, and yeah. I think they're going to find it tough. Um, I'm, I'm going to go for an Adam Hayden header from a set mm-hmm. piece. And Lewis and Lysandra. Yeah, very good. Uh, I'm going to go for Hayden goal as well. You're going to get a header. Um, I also fancy Joe Riley to get another goal. Um, and I fancy Patrick and Gimme Turi to get his first league goal as well. Mm. So I'm going for my 4 0, which is going to look incredibly stupid now when we lose that game, probably. Um, you know, I just realised there we didn't mention the fact that um, Harrogate, obviously, one of the things they had to do before the start of the season to get themselves sorted was change the pitch at their ground, didn't they? Because they yes, had a 4G yeah. pitch there, didn't they, which they played in last season. They played the first handful of games at Doncaster, didn't they? Yeah, did, didn't do them any harm. They seem to have struggled more when they yeah, moved back, yeah. haven't they? They had to deal with that pitch. That's an interesting one, that. And obviously as well, something we forgot to mention last week in the Forest Green one was uh, we missed a really good celebrity fan, didn't we? We did, Jilly yes. Cooper. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't get that one before. I'm gutted we had that pointed out to us by the guys at the uh, Heaven's you, Devils do podcast. You, do you read many of her books, like? Oh, I'm a huge fan. Book, bookshelves <laughs> full of them. Yeah. It's creaking, creaking from the weight. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there, there you go. Um, yeah, Dan, so let's move then on to the final section. I think that's the X-Files. Um, I think actually, it was, I put that on, it's quite quiet, but actually, I mean, that's from leftover from last week. I think it, there was a few this week, wasn't I've, there? I've, I've, I've just uh, pulled it up from uh, the WhatsApp we have where we keep all this in for. Uh, Saturday, we saw uh, John O'Sullivan score for Morecambe, mm-hmm. David Amu for uh, Port Vale, yep. uh, Daryl Duffy got another for Stranra, and uh, Cole Stockton also scored in the Morecambe game, but it was in the wrong goal. Yeah, it was indeed. Then on to Sunday, uh, Sam Cosgrove scored for Aberdeen. Yeah. Uh, that'll be uh, good. Hopefully hitting some form before a potential move in January. You'd hope so. And then in the uh, the Man United-Leeds game, former Loney Liam Cooper scored late on for Leeds. And it be- that meant he scored in all four divisions now. Yep. He scored in League 2 for Chesterfield, League 1 for Carlisle, and then the Premier League and Championship for Leeds. Yeah, quite cheap on that. Just as we were getting ready to record, uh, former trialist who we should have signed, Lauren Shankland, scored tonight. You'll, you'll never let that one drop, will you? You'll no. T- no. T- 
Till the day you die, you'll still remember the, the fact that curled and Grove would have took us up. <laughs> uh, probably not, but there you go. <laughs> they'd have been. They'd have probably been awful if we'd signed. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It'd be sods low, wouldn't it? Um, I think that's it for this week. Then, uh, yeah. damn, it's been a bit of a quite, bumper quite a one. Big one. Yeah, quite a big one. Um, thanks once again for joining me. It's all, always appreciated. No, have a good catch up. Nice to have a little pre-Christmas catch up at least as well. Yeah. Um, I think we all basically just have to really enjoy this Bolton game, don't we? Because I think there's a genuine risk yeah, to it. I mean, Things are going to drop. I know. I know, I know we mentioned it at the start of the show, but uh, the director of public health, whatever it's called in Cumbria, is suggesting that if if the rate continues to go up, we could end up going to tier three, which unfortunately would be no crowds and. Uh, as we've already said, it wouldn't be a surprise if there's a full lockdown again. Uh, I, I just, I, I can see it coming. I just, I can't yeah, see anything other than that. We've just, we've just got to take it as it comes at the moment, haven't we? Yeah, it's just the way it is. And sadly, it'll um, be back to Eiffel, won't it? It will. So yeah, our advice to everyone is just go to, if you're going to that game, behave yourselves, do everything that you're told in terms of sticking to all the regulations, everything, and just enjoy the game. Re- regarding that, it's interesting that uh, Barrow reduced their capacity by 100 because of that at the weekend. Uh, yeah, you said Apparently that. it started bucketing down, and as is natural, fans went to the covered part and became too crowded, so they've knocked well, 100 off. It's interesting that, that, that it's a good sign of how well-behaved our fans are, because when that happened against Mansfield, I think it was, no one moved. Everyone stayed in their blocks in the paddock. So I'm glad, glad it, isn't it? I, I, I'm glad to say that uh, I, I picked a block which is covered in the paddock yeah. this season. So I'm, me, me and Greg were looking up to Yep, that's good. Good to see yeah. there's no rain coming on us. But that's, that's, well. that's southerners for you, us northerners. It is, it is indeed. Yeah, uh, yeah if you've got any comments or feedback or anything you'd like to suggest we discuss, please send them in via Twitter to at Bugle by email to Bugle at gmail.com or catch us on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group. We're always yeah. in there having a crack. You'll also notice on our Twitter we have our new logo in place. We have indeed. We have indeed. Thanks once again for that one. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, if you haven't already, please remember you can subscribe to the podcast via all good podcast apps, including Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You name it, you'll probably be able to find it. Just search for Brunton Beagle. And if you can't find it, like I said before, message us and we will try and get it put on there because I know there's a few that we might not be on, so I'm trying to get that sorted. Um as I mentioned before as well, if you can give us a review, that'd be fantastic. Five star review would be brilliant. I really would appreciate it. Map of listeners, Dan. I can't remember if it's a new one or we've had it before. But we're back in the rock. The Rock of Gibraltar. We have two listeners there. I think we have had them before, haven't we? Yes, I think we have, yeah. Not 100% on that one, but, but yeah, basically. The Gibraltar's the only newish one on there. Um We've had no further listening in Bahrain again. I actually know someone from the area who lives in Gibraltar. I wonder if it's him. Yeah, could could well be. Uh, Brunei, still still got four listens there. And yeah, bar that, it's no new countries at all, as it was. Well, to be fair, though, there's not much travel at the moment, is there? Exactly, that's anyone who's away. Yeah. They're going to be picking up, so a bit of a shame, that really. Um, I think that's it, Dan, isn't it? I think, <coughs> sorry, in terms of... Next episode, we're going to try and get one out, I think, before the Walsall game. Yeah. Maybe we'll call it the day after the Harrogate game. We'll do a review yeah. of the Bolton and Harrogate matches and look ahead to the Walsall game. Do, we'll, if, if we are on lockdown, we might just do it live on New Year's Eve yeah, and get, get pissed as we do it or something. Exactly. Yeah. That would be the best way of doing it, wouldn't it? <laughs> but, yeah. but, yeah, well, uh, hopefully things will carry on okay. I have a yeah, feeling we won't. But we'll see. And, like I said, we hope we're going to get 
plenty of content out to you in the new year as well. It's, it's going to be a busy time, but we're going to try and get stuff out. And uh, yeah, so all that's left to say really, Dan, is uh, once again, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, have a very, very Merry Christmas. Here's to uh, hopefully a nice late present for us all. Three points of Brunton Park on Boxing Day. So uh, thanks everyone for listening and up the blues. Up the blues and Merry Christmas all. Oh,